Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance. The Truth About Child Loss by the Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.renegadesoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. What's good, people? Welcome to Two Guys and a Mic. Uh, this is the midweek episode of our podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ron Pierce, better known as RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. Big Sean, what's poppin', man? How you feeling today, bro? I'm doing okay, man. Um, I love this this time of the year. It's a nice, cool, crisp fall afternoon. You got October baseball. Browns are two and one. Everything is good. Everything I'm is sure kind of looking up. I'm sure the rest of America didn't feel that way after that debate last night, but you know, <laughs> I'm good. You know, I know hey. we don't want to get into politics and yeah, all that, but man. <laughs> Hey, I, I think that our show, after that situation, is uh, definitely needed a break, something to get away from, yeah. you know, all of the politics and the different uh, situations that are going on right now. Uh, a little bit of a distraction, got to laugh, you got to smile. Oh, got, got a heck of a laugh, got that's to. for sure. But, uh, and, and, and I'm glad you actually mentioned, you know, all of the crazy things that are happening right now. And 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 sports because I think we're at a unique spot, probably for the first time ever, or at least in our uh, our lifetime, we have the NBA playoffs as well as Major League Baseball playoffs going on at the same time. Right. So you also got the NFL. Don't forget about hockey too. Um, you, hockey, oh, yeah, hockey and, just wrapped and, up. And, and you know what? And I did. You're right. I left. Hockey out. They're in the. Um, I think they're in the Stanley Cup right now. They just wrapped up uh, the Lightning one, Tampa Bay. So yeah, see, so you literally have three uh, major sports, or three at least almost major sports, in their championship rounds of, within like a month or so of each right. other, a month and a half of each other. Right, and that's unprecedented. And I know we, I, I didn't want to say that word unprecedented because they've been using it so much. <laughs> but really, that is really unprecedented. You've almost never had that occur because each sport at least has respect for the other sport so that during yes, that time. Yes, overly overlap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, so the only, only two sports that kind of overlap is the NBA and hockey. And, right, right. You know, most people really don't. I mean, hockey is kind of like a uh, – what you want to call it, like a niche sport? It's almost like underground hip hop, almost. It's kind of like a step brother to the major <laughs> like sport. That's why I like said they have their own following. Yeah, but I didn't want to dismiss it either because you know what, those guys right. are 
definitely athletes and they work hard to do what they do. I can't skate, but I Man, definitely hockey is crazy. Like you got to be crazy athletic to be a hockey. I player. definitely can't skate and hit a puck. I, I like, can't do both. So and there's no cut. I mean, it's like that behind football, man. It might be even a little rougher than football. Really, I think it think may be it. a little rougher, and I think you got to be a little bit of a better athlete to be. And yeah, because you're back and forth on that ice. If you ever seen a hockey game in person, it's it's yeah. nonstop, and that changes that changes everything when you see it in person. Yeah, and I've been I've been fortunate enough to do that. Um, so I I kind of designated today as Wild Wednesday because we have the Indians game two today. Okay. Uh, their playoff series against the Yankees. And we also had the National League uh, starting their playoff series uh, on their side. And then we have a, a lot of game twos today. Uh, the Astros just actually won. They won their series against uh, Minnesota. Uh, I don't know if they cheated or not. They have yeah, I'm just about to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they did. I'm, I'm sure they found a creative way to cheat their way. <laughs> I'm going to probably question everything they do going forward. I, that's just yeah, exactly. They were just blatantly beating on garbage cans. Dusty and Baker. I love Dusty Baker, and I think Dusty is probably the lizard. I'll give Dusty his credit because I don't think that Dusty is cheated. No, Dusty's I a think, great manager, man. I think, oh, I think Dusty is one of the greatest mm -hmm. managers that we know in our generation. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's undervalued. I think if he was white, they would he'd be working for Major League Baseball like Joe Torre. And he's done more than or I mean Joe won a lot of World Series, but Dusty has managed more than Joe did. And, right. And I think he's I think he's with less talent. Better. I think he's with way less talent. And I think Dusty is more venerable than Joe Torre. And I love Joe Torre. But I think Dusty belongs Loftier conversation. I think yeah. he do, I think he belongs loftier than where we put him. But I agree. Um, let's while we're on it, why don't we just go on ahead and get into uh, you know the Major League Baseball playoffs? Um, in general, before we came into this COVID situation, the, the, the Major League Baseball playoffs, for those of you who may not know, is usually set up with six teams on in either leagues. Um, Two of those teams, or excuse me, two of those teams in each league. I was going to say four of those teams, but two of those teams in each league play a play-in game. And then whoever wins that game goes into uh, the divisional round, onto the uh, LCSs in either league, and then onto the World Series. Well, again, this is COVID, so it's kind of changed up everything. So you go from 12 teams in the traditional setting now we got 16 teams, eight in each league, and we're playing uh, that first round, not just a one-game playing, it's a, a best of three. Right. I'm going to be honest with you, homie. I actually love that best of three situation. I do, too. Because that, that one playoff game is stupid. Because in baseball, I, baseball is a game that just one game does not determine who the best team is. Um, no, you just good that night. You just good, just that, good night. that night, right? It's not that type of sport. So right. I always really did. I thought the playing game was a waste of time. Um, yeah, it had a little bit of drama because you know it's one and done. 
But the best of three, you had three games in a row. Well, if if, if needed, um, at the home team site, you know, because of everything that's going on with COVID. I actually like that concept, and I think they should keep it. Maybe not have as many teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think going forward next year, that's something – because baseball is in desperate need to, to oh. get the casual oh, fan back. I lost my flag. I lost my back. I hope that's not an omen. I, <laughs> I really hope that's not an yeah, omen. I hope it's not an omen. I lost my banner. I don't know what to do right now, but we're going right. to leave it down. I ain't got time to put it back up. Um, but I agree with you. I think that what we've seen in the past, I, I kind of like the playing game, but I think the playing game is gimmicky. It is very gimmicky. So I'm kind of against the gimmicks. I do, however, having like when you're in these best of threes, like last night, I'm watching the games, the couple games that I watched yesterday, mm-hmm. the games that I've watched today, and I'm like, everything you do matters. Everything that happens today matters, and you lose, you know, uh, uh, that edge if you do something wrong. Well, that's the beauty of – But now you got to come back and do it again tomorrow, and you're absolutely right. That's the beauty of baseball. That's the beauty of – yeah, you live and die with everything. One game, one game. I mean, that's like a game seven, but this ain't really a game seven. It's the playoffs. And we should do a the best of three if you're going to do a play. I actually like this format where you get a few more teams in. Everybody gets a little bit of action. Right. And it changes a lot of stuff. So, And what's crazy is the two teams, well, for those that don't know, early um, in, in the baseball season when they went ahead and got everything started, you had two teams that had severe COVID outbreaks, uh, the Miami Marlins right. and the Cardinals, and they got way behind. I mean, they had they had to pretty much like shut down all their operations. They got what maybe ten to fifteen games behind everybody else, and had to play double hitters yeah. and all that up. Yeah, yeah. Both those teams made the playoffs, and the, the Marlins won earlier today against the Cubs, I believe. And right now. Um, St. Louis is up on San Diego. I have that game on right now. Yeah, they're up 6-2. Yeah. Bottom of the third inning. I mean, that's a lot of baseball because they pretty much had to play every day. So tell me this. Tell me this. Having said that, do you think that that benefited them, having to play so much late? Um, I'm not sure, man. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it definitely kept them on their on their toes. You know what I'm saying? You, you really didn't have no time to have a letdown at all. So maybe it did benefit them. Um, now, how the Marlins got in, I don't know because when they had all those guys catch COVID, they had to bring up pretty much a, a minor league team right. up to take those guys' place. So that that's a that's a testament. Um, I don't know who their manager is. Um, hold on, I'm not sure who they are. Uh, I got to do I got to do some. Some research on that, but I don't know. However, I do know that, uh, you know, Derek Jeter is. uh, (laughs) Come on, man. Well, you had to bring Jeter into this. Come on, man. The the guy know how to win. Jeter know how to win, bro. I'm not not, not going to. Sean believes that Derek Jeter might be the most overrated guy who has ever played baseball in the. uh, 
three hundred years, the most overrated athletes <laughs> of all time. Oh, Don Mattingly, another one of your Yankees, is a uh, is the manager of the Miami Marlins. Who knew? But listen, that's Donnie Baseball, homie. Donnie Baseball. That's Donnie Baseball. Yeah. Donnie. All Don Mattingly did was be a Hall of Famer. That's all he did. Is he in the Hall of Fame? He, he, come on, man. You know, baseball don't like letting people in the Hall of Fame. You can hit, but you, you can but hit 850 listen, home runs and, and, and don't get apparently, it. Apparently, you can be the all-time hits leader and not get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. Have 4,000 hits, which, which I reckon <laughs> would never be broken. <laughs> Man, ever, ever, ever. But let's move uh, a little bit forward. Well, let's talk about the Indians game last night. Um. And as Sean mentioned, I, I do. I am a, I am a Yankees fan. However, as you see, I'm representing my Cleveland squad because Cleveland is a city where I come from. So I, I'll never root against my city when it comes to you know being prosperous and successful. And I personally so, despise the Yankees. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the Yankees. I hate their fans. I hate that stadium. I That's hate not everything. true. That's not true because you don't I hate, hate the me. Stripes. I hate everything about them. You don't hate me. Fans. So you don't hate all their fans. However, last night the Indians played the Yankees in their first uh, playoff game. Uh, and to put it bluntly, the Indians stunk the joint up. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't wild. happy. I'll be honest, I wasn't happy with. But anything that I saw, like anything from I didn't like what I saw from Bieber. Uh, I didn't like what I saw from the lineup and for, for like 90% of the time. I didn't like what Alomar did as, as, as a manager. I questioned some of those things too. Um, what, did, what, did, what, did, what did you pick up? What did you yeah. see? I was thoroughly disgusted. Very disgusted. Um, I didn't think, I, you know, I, I thought Bieber had ice water in his veins. I didn't think he would come out there and be nervous and, you know, uh, throw you a bunch of meatballs. Or, do you think it was nerves or do you think it became nerves? I think it was nerves because he doesn't leave fastballs hanging like that. I mean, when you watch Bieber all season, now, granted, we didn't play the Yankees at all this season. We played mostly the Central Division. Um, now, people will say that our division stinks, but Minnesota, Chicago had pretty good, yeah. had pretty good yeah. seasons. Yeah. Um, when you watch Bieber, he has movement, man. His balls never go straight down the plate. Oh, you ain't, look, you ain't got to tell me. That dude was off. He was off. And he was just hanging fastballs, and the Yankees, the Yankees thing I like about them, they were being aggressive. They said, okay, we're not going to wait. They weren't. He like we're gonna attack. He didn't did. get Bieber did not get his chain his his off speed stuff, his breaking stuff. He didn't get any of those over for strikes like that, like he normally does. And that hurt him. And then his placement, like you said, of the fastball was awful. Yeah, you and can't beat those same. guys with gas. You can't beat those guys with gas. Nah, they're waiting. Nah. I mean, unless you're throwing. You know, 98, 100, and Bieber's not a flamethrower like that. Yeah, them, them dudes were sitting on those fastballs, man. They were sitting yeah. on those fastballs like nothing else because they felt like 
he's going to have to get those uh, those off-speed, those shades up, those breaking balls. It's going to have – they're going to have to call that a strike in order for me to believe it's a strike. Right. And I think that is – go ahead. No, I just think that the, the Yankees did their homework, and I, I tip my cap to Aaron Boone yeah. uh, on that one, the, the, the Yankees manager, because right. I would not have expected that out of it because the Yankees are hit or miss. They're either going to hit 6,000 home runs tonight or they're going to miss everything and strike out 52 exactly. times. Like, they're, right. they're not – there is no in-between with them. Exactly. So – to get a guy like Bieber with it, with his level of talent, um, you would think that he would try to challenge their uh, impatience at the plate. I didn't see that. I saw them being very patient. I saw them being very, uh, very much, I'm going to wait on this fastball. His fastball has zero movement. And I think the nah, like, once, once Judge hit that home run, first pitch, Home run, what the as soon as he hit the home run, it was over. Yeah, it was over. It deflated the team because that, that's your ace. You yeah. know, I, I look at uh, uh, Garrett Cole, he went out there and he and he dominated. Now, he some of the Indians have pretty good at best, like Naylor. Naylor um, played with Naylor, you know, Jose did his thing. Yep, Naylor played what he did, he was supposed to do. Trevor Bauer today, and, and I knew this was gonna happen as soon as he leaves here. He was gonna go in and 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 finally realize his potential. No, they lost today, but he threw. I think it was like what seven or eight scoreless innings today. Well, Trevor um, Bauer, Trevor Bauer wasn't an awful pitcher. He no. just is a, a wacky individual. Yeah, like um, playing with, with drones before the game, getting your fingers sliced open in the World Series. The freaking World Series, dog. What are you right, doing? exactly. Like you but, need to be literally. I hate to say that, but he needs to be in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but but going forward with tonight's game, we got Cookie Carrasco going, and I think um, the Yankees have Tanaka. Yep, they got Masahiro on the on the mound tonight. We can touch him up a little bit, but here's the here's the thing: Cookie has to have a clean first two innings. We cannot go down two nothing, three nothing early yeah. because if we do, our hitters gonna start pressing. And it's it's not it's not going to be a uh, a pleasant game. So I agree. That, so that's my key. Now, I agree. Here's something else too. Now I have my crack staff put together some numbers for me. Not the crack staff again, bro. Crack staff. Um. And here's the shock, man, because I've been real hard on, on on Frankie, right? I've been real hard on Lindor, and I've been praising Jose Ramirez. Now here's the problem. So since 2016. Both Lindor and Ramirez have a total of 24 playoff games, right? Okay. Lindor has hit 264, five home runs, 12 RBIs, and one stolen base. In 16 games? 24 games. Oh, 24 games. I'm sorry. 24 games. Okay. 24, yeah. So, 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 so for somebody, he's supposed to be a $400 million man. That's not good enough to me in the playoffs when it counts. Now, I didn't, I didn't dig deeper into the stats as far as, you know, uh, you know what it averages with runners and scoring position and things like that, but I don't think that's all that hot either. No, and that's 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 a good – it's still a good stat, though, bro. Right, but here's the thing. Here, with Jose Ramirez, 
who I believe is the heart and soul of the Cleveland Indians and really the team leader. His numbers, 24 games, he's batting a paltry 200 with one home run, five RBIs, and no stolen bases. You cannot win uh, not consistently gonna... in the playoffs with your two stars. You're not going to win. Hitting like that. So I guess, you know, the only thing that's really been saving us is just our pitch, our pitching staff has been so elite, you know, the last, what, uh, uh, six, seven years, they've been keeping us in these games. But at some point, I think, you know, that pressure on the pitching staff, they, they got to go out every night saying, I don't know what, what kind yeah, of money. Yeah, lights lights out. Like, lights out. I, I got to pitch. And you can't have that kind of pressure. And every now and then, your, your offense has to step up and take the pressure off the pitcher instead of vice versa. Yeah. So tonight, man, it's put up or shut up time. Um, you, you, our, our captains, our leaders on this team, man, they have to step up, and it starts with Lindor, Jose, and even Santana. Santana's been here for 10 years. Like, oh, you, you got it. You have to. Carlos, Carlos is awful at the play right now, bro. Set the tempo. Um, oh. And I would love to see – the Indians, um, you know, use some speed. You no, know, whoever got to the speed guys that we have, utilize them. Like get on, like put pressure on the on the defense. Bunt, steal some base. Like play some old school small ball base because everything we're not hitting, but we have to figure out a way to manufacture some runs and put pressure on that defense. Our pay, our, our batters are impatient, and we take all the pressure off their pitchers. They just throw anything up there. And uh, and we're swinging at it and with it. So that's that's what I want to see tonight, man. It's put up or shut up time. Absolutely. You know. I so. mean, and and I agree almost with with pretty much with everything that you just said. Almost every point, I think I agree uh, with you. I think that today we have to have the small ball game. I thought that yesterday, but I think the playoffs are are built for small ball. It is. Um, and you've got to do the small ball stuff. We always try to out home run everybody. I just think the small ball is where it's where it's won at. Um, so here's the other part about the small ball thing. The Indian, I mean, excuse me, the Yankees aren't that great in the field. No. So if you do the small ball stuff, if you get your bunts out there, if you get kind of slap hits to get over and you try to put pressure on the pitcher to make good pitches right. enough that you can keep guys off, off the base or guys that are on the base on the bases that you're on rather. Um, or where you get guys that have to make a tough third base down the third baseline uh, play and then get up, turn around and throw it all the way to first without it being an error. Right. Little, little nuances like that can change how, you know, how the, how the momentum is swinging. And we don't do enough of those things. Um, and most teams I, I don't, man. Like baseball now, they've gotten away from that. I guess with all the analytics and stuff, you know, it's all about the, the three-run homer. And um, you see how guys – but, like, they don't care about strikeouts anymore. They don't. Um, I mean, but the thing about the small ball is that whether you strike out or not, you take a guy that strikes out a lot and you give him two guys on base, it changes how you're being pitched. 
Exactly. It changes everything. So you have to exactly. start to utilize the things that are at your disposal to give you the advantage. And Here's I, I don't think about Go ahead. Don't mean to cut you off. My bad. No, I, I just don't think that we're doing that. I don't think that we're doing that. And I don't. Uh, again, I don't see it a lot in baseball in general. But the teams that do that usually get further in the playoffs. I saw San Francisco do it for about two years. Oh yeah, right. Two out of three championships. I saw yep. St. Louis do it. Yeah, they had pool hosts, but guess what? They had a whole bunch of other guys that just. A lot of times, did the small part, man. Put the ball in play to get themselves. Uh, you know, uh, Bochi and Larusa are old school guys. Yeah, they understand how the game should should be played right. when you get to the playoffs. Here, here's the thing about sports, man. No matter how much you have these new techniques and ideas and stuff, it still comes down to the fundamentals. It's fundamentals. At the end fundamentals. Of the day. You still have to play deep. You get. You got to pitch. You got to field. You got to put the ball in play. Those are the things. Fundamentals are always going to win over whatever the new thing is, whatever that new thing might be. Fundamentals will always take precedence. Um, And moving a little bit forward, because some of this has something to do with my next point, uh, Sandy Alomar has to do a better job of managing this game. Um, This is something that I – as I've gotten older, I don't know that I felt like this as a kid or when I was younger and watching sports. But as I've gotten older, I've started to understand a little bit more, especially about football, excuse me, about baseball. When you're in base, the baseball playoffs, every game is game seven. Every yeah. game. Yeah. Not, not, not uh, game three, not game seven. Game one is game seven. You cannot act like it's the regular season. Jerry Francona loves his players so much, he's just going to ride with them. Yeah. I saw Sandy Alomar do the exact same thing. I, I thought Richter, 100%. I, I, I thought, excuse me, I thought Shane Beaver should have came out of the game yesterday around the third inning, stayed yeah. in fifth he because he, he didn't have it. Third. He didn't have it. He didn't have it. And he ended up giving, two, giving up two more runs, leaving him in the game. Exactly. Which puts your offense that was already struggling, which is already not as good as it needs to be, and right. put them in the hole, bro. You, you have to know when to stop the bleeding, and also you have to know when to let your guys work out of a bad situation. Yeah. Look, it ain't about her feelings, man. You stink today. It ain't about her feelings, right? Exactly. Hey, put the ball right here, man. Right. The way Bieber was pitching last night, we knew he wasn't going to work himself out of anything last night. He wasn't. He it wasn't. He might get a guy out. He might strike a guy out. But then you got Aaron uh, Aaron Judge coming up, or you got you know uh, somebody else coming up who already crushed you in the last inning or the last at bat. So they have the confidence. You don't. And the announcers right. kept saying he keeps looking at the at the mound, like maybe it's his footing. Listen, man. I don't know that there's anything more superstitious than baseball. Right. If if that's what was happening, because we couldn't see it, they weren't showing us that. If that's what was happening, he jinxed himself. As soon right. as he felt something weird, he never felt regular at it. So, with baseball being what it is, Sandy was a pitch a catcher rather, who caught a bunch of pitchers. 
Sandy needs to know that, understand that, and know when to go get his guy and not listen. But, to but he's but he's learning from from Francona. And, he, and here's my point. That's my point. That's my actual point. That's why I started with Terry. Francona loves his players, and he lets them all oh, their work their way out of this. This ain't the time for you to. You know what? You got 162 games to work your way out of some shit. Right, right. now, ain't the time to work your way out of some shit. We have to, as a manager, I say we, meaning the Indians, but as a manager, we have to get in there and just say, hey, man, you ain't got it tonight. That also does something for the guy. It pisses him off. But guess what? If we don't let you go five dumbass innings, we might be able to play you in game six when we really need you. Exactly. And maybe you'll show up in a game six or a game five. Like, you have to think that way. And we don't. I don't know that Sandy – I'm going to see what's going to happen tonight, but I don't know that Sandy's minded that way. Right. And that's always been my pet peeve with Francona. And I was calling for Francona to get fired two years ago. You absolutely were. And people looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, the reason why is because he's loyal to a fault. Um, Now, this isn't his fault, but the front office has not addressed the outfield at all. I hate the the, the, uh, platoon system. I can't stand yeah. it. It's a different outfield every night. Those guys can't baseball. You need the rhythm. You need to get at bats to get the rhythm. Like now, so after the so after after thirty games, after thirty games, if if they're not performing, okay, you maybe have to shake things up. But every other night, it's a new outfield in there. So That's those that guys can't get a rhythm. I can't stand it. That's that cheap money thing, bro. Um, they want to try to outsmart. And I hate that about Cleveland sports. We got nothing but front offices that want to outsmart everybody. Right. Instead of just doing the, the stuff that they need to do, they always want to be the smartest guys uh, in the room. And that can't always happen. And I um, think because, too, like the Indians since, don't get me the line, but maybe since 2014 has had the best record in the American League overall. I have so to, uh, it's something, it's something like that. Yeah, it's something. So I think because of that, because they've been able to get in the playoffs without spending a lot of money. Um, and yeah, we did spend on Encarnacion. Um, like who else? Was the big I wish they the still look. I wish they still had it. I thought they yeah. should. Yeah, and and they they maybe a couple of pitchers they spent big money on Andrew Miller. They spent big money on you know. So a few times they have done that, but I think because they've been able to get away with it and get to the playoffs and make deep runs or even get to a World Series, Bro, they figure that they don't have to. We're you know, 30 years into that concept, though. Yeah, you're right. We, you're we right. are 30 years into that concept. Right. And we've been to three World Series in 30 years. We've been an elite team in terms of record and stuff like that uh, for – probably half of those 30 years. Right. We have zero championships. Zero. That's so, just, what, 1948? Yeah, we got zero championships. So um, I'm not sure if that's the concept that's going to work. They got it. I think there's a, probably a, a happy medium somewhere. I don't know that we have that happy medium. Because cause the, here's the thing is, you don't want to be Detroit. You don't want to put all that money, and, and then you've got an out-of-shape um, 
fat oh, Miguel easy. Cabrera running around still making about $40 million a year, yeah. and he's done. But you still, yeah. you know, he got that guaranteed contract, you know. Yeah. And now they can't really make any moves because they got too much money sucked up into I mean, but you got to pick and choose. And I think that's in any sport. You have to figure out, again, that happy medium, what's um, what's the guy that you're going to spend or who's the positions that you will spend and then, you know, turn that on this year. And that's why right now I wouldn't give Lindor that type of money because he hasn't done anything to, you know, like back in the day, you know, when Matt, when Albert Bell's contract came up and Manny's, those guys did enough in the playoffs and during a regular season. Like, yeah, we need those guys. You know, Frankie, and he's just not, but he's not even focused this year, man. He's he's making well, errors on the base pass. Here's the question. Becomes, uh, here's the question. You know, what do you have if you don't sign? Where do you go if you don't? Well, that's where you know, the Indians now. Now the Indians do have a great farm system. We're able it's to bring up guys. Pitchers though, because oh, Tyler I mean, Naquin is from the farm system too, and you say he stinks. He does, but 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 so was Jose <laughs> and Frankie were in our yeah, farm system. We brought, no, you know what I'm saying? So no, that's we true. have guys in the pipeline. Here's an example: when Bryce Harper left uh, Washington, um, it was like it was no way they're done. They need Bryce, and they won a World Series next year. Now, come on, man. Now, all I'm going to say about this is they still didn't replace Bryce Harper. They, they just didn't have to put themselves in that spot. And, yeah. I, and I won't argue with that actual point. I won't argue with that. They didn't replace they, Bryce Harper. Because here's the thing, though, because Bryce, Bryce Harper was a choke artist in the playoffs anyway. And, and okay, yeah. and that's why I say you know I'm, what I'm, not, I'm not disputing that what you actually said was – what you actually the, the point you actually went to after you said that they re, they moved on without him was more important than them moving on without him. They filled in his spot with other guys that were capable of doing the things that maybe he couldn't do in the in the postseason or right. what he was missing in the postseason, which I will agree with that. If we can they find some had great pitching. Or some, but we have we proven that we can do that? Because whatever is left on this team. These guys still stink in the postseason. I mean, let's also let's look at this. Here's another point. The Indians have the longest elimination game losing streak in the Major League Baseball. They're at, at, at nine. nine games facing. Yeah. So might be ten. Do we have a guy that can break through those things. Do we have anybody on the team minus Frankie? As you say to yourself, now I, I would say J Ram could possibly be that guy. He played well. I, I saw. I, I can't put any stock in uh, in Naylor right this second. No, he did play yesterday, so he looked good. Right. However, playing tonight against uh, Tanaka, this dude's only giving up ten runs in his forty innings in the playoffs. Okay, I mean he he's a good playoff picture picture and that's what I mean like or, or that's kind of towards your point about guys showing up in the playoffs you gotta have guys that are playoff ready we had the Cy Young winner before when we had uh, Kluber and Man, all he been, did was take up the place yeah. when the playoffs came right we turn we and, turn out Cy Young winners we've had what? oh we oh Nick we spit them out or we spit them out like no other team. last 10 years 
Yeah. We spit them out like no other team. However, when the playoffs, when they turn those lights on and it really means something, those guys stink. And that's what I saw in Bieber last night, too. Like, I hope he's not another uh, Kluber who can pitch your, your way through uh, the regular season that don't really matter. Now, now they, I think it's a little bit different only because, like, Kluber actually had a good playoff run, like 2016. Remember, all the, the whole pitching staff got hurt. Kluber was lights out that whole um, playoffs and the World and Series that, until that last game. Good. It was a little bit shaky. But for the most part – And that's not, what I'm talking about. Here we are, game seven. This is where it all matters. Same thing I used to say about – uh, Kershaw, until oh, yeah. Kershaw was a, yeah. until recently, yeah, he stunk it up. Yeah, that's true. He stunk it like stunk. Nobody was afraid of him in the playoffs. And the thing about the playoffs is it becomes everything under a microscope at that point. And now we have thirty games on film. We have different. Uh, you know, you got left-handed guys, you got right-handed guys. You have right. how he pitches to power hitters. You have how he pitches to guys that just hit for average. You got all of these different stats and all of these different um, pieces of film that you can go back and study this guy on. And then he gets to the playoffs and he has none of those things because these guys can just sit and watch you. And the thing about a playoff series, and you know this from uh, basketball too, when we can concentrate on one thing that you do well, it changes everything because the coaches can just go back. Now, we don't have a different guy tomorrow. We got the same dude. What did he do tonight? Oh, damn, that's the same thing. Okay, we're going to make an adjustment if you have a smart coach or you have a smart manager. They're going to make the adjustments. And my question is, the one thing that we do well, which is pitch, what of our pitching stay? Yeah. So hopefully Cookie, he's been there. He's a veteran. He's been there. He's been through the wars. I, I like Cookie out there on the so, mound. So we need I'm, Cookie I'm, tonight. I said it before the series started. I said the Indians 2-1. I'm sticking with Indians 2-1, I think. Because the Yankees are hot and cold, I, I, I think that we have an opportunity to squeeze out maybe like a 2-1 win tonight. Okay. Uh, you know, but I, I got to hope that everybody, everybody got to show up, like from Sandy all the way down to the worst guy uh, with a stick in his hand, which right now is <laughs> it's Carlos Santos. <laughs> Man, like, I'm, I'm not as positive as you today. I think it's over. You think, it's, you think it's too old nothing? You think it's too I old think, tonight? It's old? It's done. Yeah. Um, now, the weather's going to play a factor because you're going to have like 30 to 40 miles it's pretty breezy out. Um, yeah, as you can see, see my wind. You see my wind <laughs> blowing out to left. Yeah, it all depends on <laughs> the way that wind is blowing at at uh. It blew my back at, at progressive field. Yeah, it, so it, but but pretty, I'm 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 thinking Yankees are gonna go ahead and close it out. Um, you know, it like like I can see like a seven to four ball game. So. I we'll see how I play. I hope I'm wrong, man. I, I want know, to be. Wrong. I got on. Listen, I got on my my, my Jacobs Field T-shirt today, so I'm hoping this brings us some luck, some uh, some luck. And I said Jacobs Field, not goddamn. I know. 
I know. Jenkins. I said I it on that, man. You know what? We were like one of the last cities to not name have yep. a corporate sponsor yep. on our yep. stadium. Then once once J Jacobs Field went to Progressive Field, all the other you know stadiums and arenas in Cleveland, you know, fell victim. Everybody, to the, the the Q. I still don't call it the Q. It's the gun. I still call it the gun. Right. Still a gun. I still call it Brown Stadium. I don't call it First Energy. Yeah, it, it it like back in the day, man. Stadiums have personality. Yeah, it, it may and have been dumb, supposed to, but they and have I understand from a corporate standpoint, you got to make that money. But right, just to me as a fan, they'll never get that corporate sponsorship out of me. Uh, unless, <laughs> unless look, unless this show gets some corporate sponsors. <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> man. So. All right, All so, right. so let's, let's skip past uh, baseball. I think we kind of delved, delved into that a little bit. We'll, we'll get right. more into it as the playoffs go on further, especially if the Indians are included, but we're going to talk about it anyway, just like yes, the NBA. Sir. So tonight is the finals. Um, I think okay. it starts tonight at 9. Yes, uh, we have the Heat and the Lakers. I picked the Heat to win you did. Uh, the night. All that one, man. Celtics. Called that one, um, and they did. They they pulled that out. I think it was important for them to win. Like I said back then, um, in the last in the last uh, cast that we did, I, I felt like it was important. Like going to Game Seven was just going. It's already going to be tough enough to beat the Lakers, right? So it's going to be even tougher if you got to go to Game Seven and expend that energy. And, and I think that's what happened to to Denver. You expended that energy and that many Game Sevens. Yeah. Now you got to play against a team that's uh, right. in the especially, nutshell. Especially every other day, too. So. Right. And, and, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you, you can't you can't expend that kind of energy and then turn around and think you're going to play against a guy as ready at, athletically as LeBron. Right. And think that that's not going to be a problem on the back end. Right. So let me give Miami credit, man. I sat there and watched them in that fourth quarter. Remember, like that, the second half of that fourth quarter literally snatched their heart out of Boston. Mm -hmm. And it was like, who, who's the character on a uh, on Mortal Kombat that takes your heart out on a fatality? <laughs> uh, Johnny Cage. What's his name? Yeah, uh, uh, they, he throws a thing. He goes no, right into your chest. No, you talking about Scorpion? No, but it's, it's no. A, it's he a goes right into move. your chest at, at when they say finish him or whatever. Yeah, I think, I think it's Johnny Cage. Yeah, yeah, that's Johnny. Yeah. That's what they did. Well, they literally, you know they literally pumped them. But you know what? Six minutes. I think they already had them pumped before that game. And Boston was up in the game. I think they were up by like six at a certain point. And I said to myself, I said, six ain't enough. Like, I don't think even Boston, yeah, not. six was enough hmm. to, to overcome whatever might end up happening in the rest of this game. So it, it just kind of became – and then they lost by, like, nine. Yeah, right. Something like, crazy. <laughs> you up six going into the fourth, and then you end up losing by nine, bro. That's a 15-point right, win. You know what? No, Boston has a Kimball Walker problem. <laughs> he didn't show up at all. <laughs> man, he has a Kimball Walker problem, man. He's not stepping up. Like, well, this, you know what? Kimball, Kimball, okay, in the playoffs, so I'm not going to jump all over. Kimball played as well 
as Kyrie did. And, and listen, you know, I love Kyrie. But I think Kemba fit better in that system. Um, it was a little bit freer offensively for uh, for uh, the young guys, uh, Brown and, and – and, uh, shoot, why can't I call his name? Um, but I think the offense was freer for them. They didn't have to wait so much for because if those guys wanted, let's say, 15 shots a game, let's yeah. just say. Well, Kyrie wants 15 or, or seven to 17 too. Kemba don't right. need that many shots. Like uh, Kemba is a little more efficient offensively than Kyrie on a game-to-game basis. And I'm looking up Kemba Walker playoff stats now. See, you going, but I, that's why I said I'm not talking about the playoffs. That's why I said I wasn't going to jump all over you because, <laughs> because I couldn't argue about what he's done in the playoffs. Um, I saw that dude taking a bunch of bad shots. But those are um, shots that he generally hits. Now, the question, and listen, and that's even worse if you ask me that you can't hit those right. shots in the neutral spot because the bubble was neutral. Right. So if you can't hit those spots in a neutral or hit those shots rather in a neutral spot, it does bring into question what you can do in the playoffs and when the playoffs uh, are its biggest because it doesn't get bigger than the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I mean? And when right. you're not showing up, I, I mean, what what does that do? What does that do and what does that say? Exactly. All right. So Kimball Walker. I didn't know that the Hornets made the playoffs in 2014 and 16, so I learned something new today. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, that. I, I thought they, they stunk ever since he's been there. But, uh, <laughs> all right, Kimball Walker. Field goal percentage. He shot 44% from the floor. Okay. Uh, not great, but not awful. Yeah, sorry. I mean, he's a guard, you know, uh, 85% free throws. With the line, that's good. And oh, come on with that average. I don't have time to sit here and figure out what his average was. <laughs> it just give me the total points. Yeah, here we go. He had yeah, 130, well, 334 points in the playoffs. So it doesn't give me the average. But uh, let me see per game. Let me see if it does that. There we go. All right, 19.6 points per game. You know, five assists. Um, turnover rate was like four. So he was like, all right, man, but. But that's not enough me, for the playoffs. Yeah, that's to me, this with the odd test, he wasn't really playing smart to me and really to compliment those guys. Tatum does what he does. You know, Jalen Brown was playing lights out. Even Marcus Smart, um, you know, he plays his role, man. I think. Um, Kimbo, but that's probably like his first time really probably feeling that pressure too. Yeah, he's never been in the Eastern Conference Finals, bro. Yeah, I don't yeah, think Charlie he's to be So, I mean, he's a good player, but I think that he really hurt them, um, you know, in the playoffs. Like, Could sure. be. I mean, you got to think about this too, and kind of hint it around it. Um, the NBA playoffs, because you have the seven game first round. It does change the pressure factor. You can play the first round like you played the other 82 games almost. Uh-huh. 
You know what I mean? Like you don't have to do so much work. You kind of just get that first round out in and out the way and get on to the second round. Um, which is, I'm going to dig into this bag just a little bit, but that's why I like the older, uh, you know, basketball at, when I was a kid. First round, you had five games, man. You better figure yeah. that, You better figure that shit yeah. out. Right. You better figure that shit out quick. Like, it was pressure in the first round. You lose the first game, they only got to win two more games. Yeah. Especially if you lose that first game. Game at home. home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you lose it at home. Yeah, it's rough. You lose that first game at home because now you got to travel on game three. So they right. spot with two games. And I right. think at, at certain points in the NBA, you played the, the two games at home. And then it went one, 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 one. That was early, early in the, right. in the NBA. So you never got the two back-to-back games. But then when they gave it to the two back-to-back games, yeah, that's that's pressure, bro. And I don't think that the, the first round you see those pressures anymore. Uh, and that might be part of the issue with uh, what you see in, in Kimba. He's not used to being past the first round. He didn't really play superbly in the second round, to be honest with you. He didn't play bad, but yeah. he didn't play superbly. Like, what effect did he have? Uh, you know, Jason Tatum was playing out of his goddamn mind in the second round. He played. They played really good. Marcus like Martin. Tatum, man. I like Tatum a lot. He's only, what, 22? Listen, bro, I, I said it in 22 23. Yeah, he's young as hell. I said it in one of the earliest shows that – I, I did not give this dude enough credit for how good he was coming out of college. I thought he was going to be an all right player, but I didn't really understand why everybody thought he was going well, to be. Well, it's, it's, it's hard to. I mean, what, but the one and done, now it's hard to really see the full potential. Like these guys really get to the NBA and learn on the job. So most of the guys, when, they don't really come into their own until and like he's year three higher, or four. He's in a higher percentage bracket of those guys. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And are what right. you thought they were going to be right. at, a, at an early spot. Like, some guys do figure it out, but they're, like, in their eighth year. You I'll know give you a classic mean? example. Anthony Davis. When Anthony Davis was at Kentucky, I thought he would be a Tyson Chandler in the league. He would be a defensive stalwart, block shots, rebounds. I didn't see anything else so in this game. I thought and so he came cool. in, man. He worked at his craft. And this dude now, man, he's uh Yeah, he's scary. He's hard to really kind of even scared. box. Like, like, like what what position did you put him in? Is he's he a power right forward? Now. If he is center, he can handle the ball, shoot the three down. You know, he's on he's in a whole category of his own. He's right scared. Now. Like yeah. you, you can't you can't uh as as I've the word that I've been hearing here more recently is positionless. I don't know that he's a five. Yeah. Uh, right. I, honestly, I don't know that he's a four. He can do, you know, a lot. Um, and that's going to be scary for Miami. Have, I, honestly, I agree with – I don't agree with Charles Barkley at all. But I agree with Charles Barkley. If the Lakers are going to win, it's going to be because of AD. It's not going to be because of LeBron. I of think, course, because LeBron's going to do what he's going to do. Yeah, LeBron's going to be LeBron. But they need yeah, AD to do what he's supposed to do. If you get this kid to be what this kid has been uh, in the other rounds – this season, yikes! That's uh, yikes. Now I do like what, and I said this on the Sunday show. I like what 
Miami brings to the table. I think if there's a team that can beat L.A., it's Miami. However, it's going to be tough to beat L.A., especially we're talking yeah. without the injuries. We're talking about everything on paper. Everything being, being equal. Yeah. Like it should be. Uh, the advantage that I give to the Heat is their toughness, mental toughness, not yeah. just the physical toughness. The physical toughness, because they are very physically tough. Uh, and the biggest advantage that I give them is Spolster has been here many times before. He's actually yep. probably lost more at this level than some of the guys on the Lakers have ever been to. Um, and Pat Riley, they have great leadership from top to bottom. I agree to the, to the coach, and then you get into the guys on the feet on the court, rather. Um, guys like uh, Jimmy, guys like Iggy, who have been here before. Jimmy's never been there, but a guy like Iggy, I mean, who's been here before. Iggy's been right. the four championship series. Now, 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 speaking of Iggy, um, and watched him the other night, and same thing with Jimmy Butler, do they not have barbers in a bubble? I mean, because Jimmy Butler is running around like he an extra from Django. Bro, don't do that when I'm drinking. Because I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, like, I I'm like knew Jimmy. I kind of knew where you was getting ready to go. <laughs> and I was hoping, to, I was as I was drinking, I was like, I hope you don't say nothing about Iggy's hair. Iggy has just decided that I'm just going to wake up every morning and go straight to the bubble. Yeah, I mean, it's, I it's not I no shade November yet. I, I, I guess they... they yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna wash. I'm not gonna dry. I'm just gonna get up and go straight. I mean, this dude is Grady Wilson right now. Yeah, dear John Wayne. You know how John Wayne be in the desert for twelve days with no shower and no nothing. Man, that's what they do it right now. His hair you know? is awful. He definitely. He legitimately has, and I'm an old guy. He legitimately got old guy hair right now. I feel like he's. I feel like after uh, tonight, I'm gonna see him at McDonald's with his coffee, having a round table <laughs> with all the other old guys. <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, man. You know what? I used to ear hustle those guys. Like when I was to work oh, no, downtown, them cats right. have saved the world so many times. Right. I used to be sitting <laughs> off on the side and just getting all types of wisdom. Them cats have saved the world. They'd be there every morning, like like clockwork. Yeah, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. Look, <laughs> with their coffee, their big muffins, for sure. Dropping knowledge, you for know? sure. Dropping, look, dropping all levels of jewels that we ain't ready for. You ain't ready right. for that. <laughs> you ain't ready for that kind of smoke. Exactly. Right? You exactly. sit your young ass down there at that table if you want to. You're not ready. <laughs> you not need ready about thirty more years, young boy. How old is you? Right. Yeah, nigga, come back when you when you got thirty more years on you. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, man. So. What's your prediction on the series? Well, I think that what the Heat again, I think that the Heat have a good chance. However, I don't think they're going to win. Um, just being honest. No, they're not. Um, they play a lot of zone defense, and I think that's going to help them. I don't know how much it's going to help them because if they play the zone and the Lakers hit their shots they're going to end up having to come out of the zone. And that has been something that has worked for 
uh, for Miami. Again, I think that Spo understands how to play and what to do. So from a coaching standpoint, I think they're going to always be there. To be honest, I think it's just going to end up falling to a, a talent thing. And the Lakers have more talent. And LeBron is trying to to uh, secure he's, his legacy. He's trying to keep his legacy where at least where if, it is. He's trying he wins to with the Lakers. Yeah, he's trying to keep his legacy at least where it is. He doesn't want it to right. go lower than what it is. Right. If he wins he with the to. Lakers, he's yeah. won what three three championships with three different with three teams. teams. And, and then you have to put him in a conversation for the best of all uh, time at that point. I, I don't. And I, I won't you do. Because he's not. To me, now I agree. I think I still have Jordan at the Mount Rushmore. Um, hey, listen, I may even have LeBron. I may even have LeBron on Mount Rushmore. However, who's the best? Yeah, the best of all I've time. I still seen. have. I still have Mike. It's Mike. But, it's Mike. But, but, but what I'm saying is that the national pundits, the millennials, we see those walk LeBron. This dude could lose the next 52 championships, <laughs> and they same guys are gonna still yeah. think or feel. Like he belongs in the conversation. He's, he's, he's going to be in that conversation. Now, if they lose this series, I don't want to hear nothing else about him being a goal. But listen, I, I, no, I, no, I disagree with you on that. Uh, I agree, again, this second time, at least on this one show, where I agree with Charles Barkley. When LeBron lost in, what was that, 2017, he said something very significant. He said, the next person that tells me that LeBron James is the greatest player ever, I'm going to slap him in the face. I agree. He's not. He won't ever be. He lost when in it, 17 to Golden State? Yep. What did you say? Did, did, he, did you watch the series? Yeah, well, they had KD, though. I mean, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't a – Bro, we're not talking about – you're talking about it in a, in a vacuum. I'm talking about the actual games. I'm talking about the games. Not, not practice. The games, right? The games. Did you watch the games? Because if you remember the games, I said the yeah, same. Yeah, but all with man. But but once Golden State got KD, man, it was listen, it was man, a wrap. No, 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 and no and no. I'm not going. No and no. It's this is how the game is played now. This is how the game is played. Now, I will fault LeBron when he let KD come on the court and just walk into that three. Listen, I've been You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I did. I, I was like, dude, is the, you, know, you got you to, gotta, you know, step up on defense at that time. After that three-pointer, LeBron was done. He did. LeBron going to give you numbers anyway. Right. So, to say to me, oh, but he's still average, I don't want to hear that. Because that ain't why I don't call him the greatest. Right. It has I nothing know. to do with his ability. I know what his ability is. His ability, he wanted an all-time great, and he's always going to be that. However, he's not the greatest, and he will never be the GOAT. He is the greatest athlete, I think, that has ever played. So if you want to I, I will also that, say that he's the most unique NBA player of all time. He's well. he is he is unique, and it's hard um, to put him in one spot. It's hard you to can't, you, you can't compare him to any other. Right, that's what I mean. That don't make him the greatest. Right being now, here and, and me, I've always said this: being the greatest is bigger than stats. Being the greatest and, is bigger than how many 
you know, all-stars and all. It's bigger than that. It's right. what did you do with this particular moment when it meant the most? How did you perform at all times when this was the case? I don't see that from LeBron enough to say that that's what he is. And I'm right. not a Michael Jordan. I wasn't, you know who my favorite player of all time Matthew still is. Magic. It's Magic. Magic. It ain't yeah. Michael Jordan. It's the other MJ. Right. <laughs> it's Magic. Right. And, 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 this, and this is a precursor, Amer just to let America know that Cleveland, Ohio has a love-hate relationship with LeBron James. Um, you have people here that LeBron James can do no wrong. Yep. Um, it is what it is, and that we're a bunch of ungrateful, whatever. And you have people like me that, yes, he came back and delivered a championship, something I've never seen in my lifetime. And I'll take Thank you. Look, but there's an other side of it that – because here in Cleveland, we feel like we have a chip on our shoulder because we've always been made fun of, and we're still made fun of. And the fact that LeBron, as a superstar, he put us, like, on the world stage. Him and Bone <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. put us kind of, like, on the – Shout out to Bone Thugs. And yes, sir. You sure, don't shout even, out to Bone. They don't even they, know what they've done for me in my lifetime. Right. They put us, like, kind of, like – because Cleveland was kind of like, uh, you know, we just that city in Ohio on a lake called a mistake on a lake. And LeBron – you know, he, he put the spotlight on us, and he left twice. And in the history of sports, no city has had a superstar, like an icon-level superstar, leave them twice, especially in the manner that he did it. And that really, you know, the second time he left didn't really hurt as bad as the first time, but it was like, okay, He's still like, we're not good enough for you. And the media, the national media always had this perception that Cleveland does not deserve a superstar on that well, level. Well, that's again. the thing that really, really kind of got under my skin is like, okay, why can't we have that? And LeBron perpetuated it by leaving twice. Well, again, and that's my beef with it. I don't really have beef with LeBron from those, pers not from those specifics. Um, and I won't really get into why I feel like I feel right about him on a personal level, but um, LeBron, the basketball player, the things that I've seen from the basketball player, because I keep it on the field, it I'm or the court or whatever, it has nothing to do with outside of this. I know people are like, oh, he's the greatest ever because he does these things. It's just like the MVP. It has nothing to do with how many interviews I get. How many home runs did I hit? How many baskets did I make? You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if this guy right. don't think I was nice to him. So he's not going to vote for me because I wasn't nice to him. The MVP right. should be won on the field, not in a, in a court of, you know, fat guys that eat donuts every morning. <laughs> and that's, how I feel about who the GOAT is. <clears throat> like, the GOAT should be a guy that, when I look at this dude, I'm like, I can't do anything close to what that guy has done. And, 
not the dunk. Maybe it's not the, the, the physical stuff. Maybe it's in that particular moment. Right. When all else is, the everybody else is like this, but this dude is like, like nothing is happening. He's in this Zen moment. And I've seen Michael Jordan do that over and 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 over in multiple situations, whether it was a regular season game, whether it was a playoff game, and definitely when it was a finals game. I've seen LeBron do it over and over and over. But I got about five or six other things where I'm like, what the fuck were you doing? Right. Why, why did you pass it to him in this moment? Or right. why did you do this in this moment? Right. I really can't think of those moments when it comes to Michael Jordan. And again, I try not to get into that conversation because I, I feel like the, the errors were different. And when you change the era, you change the rules, you, you know, you had a seven foot tree stump parked in the, in the, in the lane. There was no defensive, right. uh, uh, three seconds like it is now you didn't have guys getting flagrant ones and twos where you get the ball back and you get to shoot free throws and get the ball back right none of that stuff existed the three-pointer right. wasn't that important back in the day it was something that you used but it was something that you specialized in now the three-pointer is as important as a layup right so the game is different i try to keep it in perspective However, it's hard for me to just say that LeBron James is the greatest player because he did this or that. Or I, At this point, I've seen enough. It's, it, there's nothing this dude could ever do to make me believe that he's the greatest player of all time. Because right now, he's just chasing accolades to, to argue the point. Even if he ripped off three, three championships in a row with the Lakers? Let's it's just you wouldn't put them up there. No, no. You know why I don't say nothing about championships? What did Nick Wright say? Tell me something that Michael Jordan was better than what I mentioned in championships. Here's my argument about that. If LeBron has six championships, everybody that loves LeBron would be talking about the six championships. So if you don't want to talk about championships, I don't want to hear about how many championships this dude ever wins. Yeah, I got you. That's not what makes you great. They've said so. Right. So don't talk to me about championships. Talk so, to me about what you did, when it mattered, with a lesser team. This dude has done a lot with a lesser team. I'll give him that. He's also dismantled tons of lesser teams to make better teams. That also should go into the equation. All right. So what's your prediction? With just draft picks, when you can't just win with, you know, guys that, you know, just got added to the team or whatever. You can't you can't make that work. You should, but you don't. All right, man. So I'm going Lakers four games to one. Um, I think Miami. I'm going for two. I'm going for one because I think Miami get one because you know LeBron will have his game. He he has his game where he'll coast, and AD always has at least a one or two games where he's a little bit off. And so I'll give Miami one game, but I think. just talent-wise and everything, I think the Lakers will be a little the bit. Talent is going to be an issue. And I, like I said, I'm going to go for two. 
I'm gonna go for it down for prosperity. Uh, Sean said four one. I say four two. We're gonna see what happens. Um, so let's make this quick transition into the NFL real quick. We'll chop it up about the Browns and uh, and Cowboys game real fast, and let y'all folks get out of here and let us get out of here because my man has a lot of cookie dough to put together. I don't know if y'all like snacks, right? I don't know if y'all, you know, are into cookies or not. But from what I understand, he hasn't shared with me, so I ain't going to be pissy. But <laughs> my man is the cookie uh, guy right now. Uh, he's a budding entrepreneur. We're going to have a spot on the show so that uh, we can tell you guys about it and how you can get in contact with him about it. Always but follow got me. got a lot of cookies to make. Here's so my shameless plug. You can James, follow me at, 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 at Crumbs on the Table LLC on Instagram. <laughs> it wasn't you order all your delicious. Look, I set you up for it, dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I you gave you the order. <laughs> all your delicious sweet treats and cookies. <laughs> follow me on Instagram at Crumbs on the Table. LLC. Crumbs on the table. Come check him out, man. Not in a million years I ever thought that I'd be slinging cookies all around the city. Slinging place. cookies like they crack, sir. Right. And <laughs> I watch cats beg him for the cookies, so I can't. Ain't no hate for me. I'm like, damn. Got to be good if people is people hitting him up yes, all sir. the time. Oh. Also, have some other things coming soon too. You know, um, food wise. Well, but... Look, we both do. Yes, sir. So we yes, all sir. look. We hustlers. We out here. But uh, got to nowadays, you gotta have more well, multiple streams of income out here. We're good hustlers. We we're above the table hustlers. Yes, sir. I don't nobody to watch this show and be like, oh, they hustle. No, nope. right. Above the table, legal. Not trying to go to jail, and we're just trying to make our our, our mark in the world and other businesses, but also in sports. So, yes, sir. All right, now it's a great segue for going down to this week. Yeah, we're going down to Jerry World. The Browns are going to the billion dollar play plan. Right. And I hate down the Cowboys. In, uh, Dallas, Texas. I can't stand them. I hate their fans. Uh yep. America's, America's uh yep. I hate, I, there aren't many teams on earth, and I know my cousins always tell me you shouldn't use the word hate. Ah, whatever. Right. Uh I use hate when I mean hate. And I hate Dallas Cowboys. Not the city of Dallas. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're one of the many teams. That, it's not that many teams I hate. They're one of the few teams that I actually literally hate. I don't like Man, anything about them. I'm going to be I honest with you. I hate it all. The Browns have been so bad for the last 20 years that I'm, I I really hate the whole NFL. <laughs> Except for the Browns. I really I, got I'm that point. to a lot of guys in the NFL. I don't, I don't hate. A lot of teams. I'm just indifferent at this point. I'm a hater. I don't want to see anybody succeed that hadn't succeeded. Like, like when the Chiefs won the Bowl. And this is what I got to deal with every week. I didn't, on this you know why I didn't want them to win? Because they had just a longer drought as the Browns did, and I didn't want them to break that drought. <laughs> I don't want their fans celebrating. I want. And listen, and that's look, nothing man. but hate. That's all hate. Look, I don't. I don't have time. I don't have time for foolishness no more. I'm 46. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't have to. I'm tired too, but I understand that we have to figure this thing out on our. All side. I want is one. I want one Super Bowl, 
I got my basketball championship. I have my college I championship. Won one too. I want one Ohio too. State. I want more than one, to be honest, but I would take just one. Ohio State's a good fine. I would be fine with just one championship. The, the Buckeyes have delivered two natural championships. The Cavs got my basketball championship. Now, I need the Indians to win a World Series. We almost did it in 2016. Almost. That's why I say. Look, that's why we were talking about in the last show that somehow we feel like possibly the Lord might be against Cleveland. Yeah. I I don't know what we did. I don't know what we did to, to piss off the Lord, but. He definitely has an end for us. All right, that's another story. All right, Browns, Dallas. You know, here's my keys to the game. Um, Dallas had a really tough loss against Seattle last week. It put up a lot of points. It, it didn't go into overtime, did it? No, it didn't go into overtime. No, no, no. I, I think uh, that was right. That's a, a, a Russell Wilson hit a strike to uh, DK Metcalf late, put him up by seven, and uh, Dak Prescott threw an interception late in that game for him to lose the game. So Dallas will put up points. Now, if we let Washington move the football and Cincinnati move the football, Dallas will definitely move the football against one of the crappiest defenses in the NFL right now, which is us. So I think one of the keys to the game, Baker is going to have to step up this game, man, because Dallas is going to focus on the run. They're going to really – uh, probably put eight, nine in the box to shut down Chubb and Hunt. So Baker's going to take advantage of that. It'll be a lot of one-on-one matchups with Odell and, and Jarvis. And uh, he's going to have to have a big game, man. Um, uh, also, we've got to give pressure on Dak Prescott. Can't let him sit back there and pick us apart with those weapons. Um, Michael Gallup has really developed into a really, really good receiver. Um, you got the rookie C.D. Lamb. And you also got Amari Cooper. And, of course, you got Zeke, man. So they got some weapons out there. Oh, yeah. So um, our defense will have to – I don't expect us to shut down Dallas Hall. That's not going to happen. But they're going to have to make some timely plays when it counts. Kind of like a play like a bend-don't-break type defense to kind of keep us in that game. Um, so those are my keys, especially Baker. Like, number one, like Baker – it's your time, man. Like, you've been kind of being a game manager in the first three games. But this game, you you back in your home state, too. You got family and friends there. Right. Um, yeah, man, you want to come and step out. You got to put up some numbers this week if we expect to beat the Cowboys. Okay. All right. Well, we're not going to pick that game quite yet. We're just going to talk about the game. Gotcha. But uh, I agree with uh, a lot of your points about the uh, the – the game in general. Um, so, like I said, Dallas is going to score. And they can score a lot. They got weapons. Uh, they have a decent quarterback. I'm not that crazy about Dak Prescott. But what he does works well for what they do. As a matter of fact, until until he wins a play, did he has he won a playoff game? Did he win at least one? I don't think he has. I'm not sure. Because until then, we'll just call him by his full name. We'll call him Dakota. <laughs> Dakota Prescott. Until you win a playoff game and you are here demanding three hundred million dollar contracts, you ain't won nothing. Well, and, not and a thing. For, thank you for that segue because I was gonna say I'm not that impressed with Dak Prescott, and apparently neither is uh, Jerry Jones. <laughs> right. Because uh, he hasn't paid this guy. 
Now, Dak has won a lot of games for Dallas. I'm never advocating for the brothers not to get their money. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, right. just, I'm just especially in the NFL, where you're right, man. I, 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 you're I, I, right. Get that money, man. And you're right. Get that, and get that generational money that nobody else can. Exactly. Receive. I like that. I agree I, with you 100. So, so I, I I wish you get your money. However. If it were my team, I'm not sure that I'd give you that. <laughs> uh, but so we got to contain Dak because Dak can do – Dak can cause problems on, on two levels. He runs – he's yeah, more right. – um, He's well, not a bum. He's not a bum by, by no means. No, he's not a bum. He's not a bum. You can say whatever you want to about him. You can like him, love him, hate him. He he can play football. He's a football player. That's That's where I put him at. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I, he can play football. And he and he is a problem. Uh, he's a problem on the field if you don't take care of him from a defensive standpoint. So we have to contain that. We got to figure out how you're going to approach him, um, whether it's going to be from, you know, blitzing him. But if you blitz him, you have to do a lot of contained blitzes from uh, the middle. Right. Uh, I, I think that's the most effective blitzing of him, unless you just get somebody who just just goes berserk and can get him from the outside. But I think that when you come outside and don't have that up the middle containment, it really hurts what you're gonna do next. Um, so I, I'm thinking a lot of up the middle. Hold on a second, I'm gonna change my my screen real quick so I can plug in my phone. Um. So I think that he has to uh, – oh, excuse me, the defense has to contain him up the middle, a lot of up the middle pressures. But I also think that up the middle pressures are going to help us with the run game because uh, Zeke's going to be Zeke. I don't think you're going to prevent Zeke from being Zeke. I don't think you're going to stop Zeke from being Zeke. Our team hasn't – defensively hasn't proven that they can uh, – shit, they, they haven't proven that they can stop anything. Uh, quarter, uh, right. Sure. You know, uh, any anything they haven't stopped really right. anybody. They've had moments where they've done one or two or three uh, really really good things, but they haven't done enough to make me say, "Oh, we can stop this," or "Oh, we can do this." So we still have issues defensively, but if we contain that, figure out a way to contain him, keep him in the pocket. Because I'd rather he beat us as a as a passer than as a guy who's running all over the field and passing. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, limit. Zeke, Zeke could probably run for – he's probably going to run for over 100 yards, a guy being as equipped as Zeke. But if we can keep him, you know, to a manageable – I don't know what the hell that is per se, but a manageable or reasonable uh, amount of yards, I think – that could benefit us. Like he, he can't have 150 yards. No, but he can't have 135 yards and three touchdowns, two yards, two touchdowns. Right. We have to limit him to let's say a touchdown and maybe like 115 yards. I think now we have the opportunity to say we're in this game or that we can do these things in the game. Uh, that's right. on the defensive side. Offensively, Baker has to go for over 200 yards. And I know that's a low number, but he didn't have – I think he only had like 160 yards the other night. Or yeah, like 159, 156, something so like that. 
So he's going to have to do more. Uh, he's going to have to be more uh, active downfield. Um, so that means he's going to have to utilize Jarvis and OBJ a little bit more. And I, I, I felt like after week two, we had that kind of settled where OBJ showed that he can be a monster in the one-on-ones and that we would go back to that. I think we're going to have to do that again to create the problem or the potential problem downfield, which will open up some of those middle throws for us, um, which goes right into my next point. They got to utilize Hooper more. Um, so if you can stretch the field a little bit, that gets Hooper a few more right. catches. And they started a, few to more a little outlet. bit last He did. And, and, and I appreciated that. Again, I think we need to continue that type of, that type of uh, uh, action. We got to keep going that way um, because Dallas Dak actually has a, a solid defense and a solid defensive line. So that'll keep a little bit of pressure off of you. I think our offensive line has is, is, is been playing well. As I yeah. said last week, I gave them, uh, you know, high uh, marks, high regard, and everybody's been giving them high marks. So they've been playing really, really, really good football. But uh, – you want to help them out as much as possible, make them have as little contact as they need. And again, I'm going to go right back to what I've been saying from week one. Passes, uh, quick screens to, eight, you know, it could be the hunt. It could be wide receiver screens. It could be tight end screens. But we got to do stuff to make their defensive line look for different stuff. We can't let them just set up and, and, and run up field. And Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett. We've talked about Miles Garrett every single solitary show uh, that we've had, and we're going to talk about him again. Miles has to be a monster. So I utilize uh, my crack staff, our crack staff, for these numbers. Miles Garrett is actually second, tied for second in sacks with three. Uh, He has two forced fumbles, which is third in the league, and he has one fumble recovery. So Miles Garrett is actually playing right along where he needs to be. And he hasn't really gotten started yet. I'm yeah, being I've, been, I've, I've been pretty critical of Miles Garrett so far this season. Yeah, he but hasn't really gotten started yet. So I'm, I'm thinking plays he hasn't been as disruptive as I would like him to be. Well, I mean, hell, nobody's going to be as disruptive as they need to be with that kind of money on the table. You, I mean, he has to you know, pick off every ball or knock down every ball or get a strip sack every second, drop that, a drop back. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I think he's getting his legs. I think he's starting to find his spots because when I see those numbers, and even though it ain't really about numbers totally, when I see those numbers, that means that the stuff that I've been seeing, uh, him in the backfield and him almost making sacks and him, getting really close and bothering and all that, that stuff is real because he's starting to get tangible results from it. Right. So uh, I think that if those things go well, uh, we could have a, a, a decent enough game. We're going to have to put up some points, though. We ain't going to be able to Absolutely. do no pedestrian 17 points or no no bullshit like that. We gonna, we're going to have to put up some points. Uh, it took, well, that game was like 30-something. To, they were in their 30s, both teams. 
or right at 30. So we're going to have to put up some points. And we've proven that we can do that, even without five turnovers. But we're going to have to do it against a better defense um, down in Dallas. Okay. So, All right, partner. Let's go so ahead let's, and uh, we're going to have a new segment where we go ahead and make predictions. I think we, what, pick five games? We're going to pick five games. Five games pick is five games. what we're going to do. Uh, random five games. Uh, some of them are a little more difficult than others to pick. And then, uh, you know, what we're going we're gonna to make our predictions and then we're going to keep the records to see who picked the best at the end of the season. And I'm sure, you know, I'll win that easily. <laughs> first game, first game we have uh, the Denver Broncos against the New York Jets on Thursday night. A typical piece of shit game. Clunker. A clunker. Thursday night. A clunker. That's a clunker. Uh, the Jets are terrible. I feel really bad for Sam Darnold. He's putting a bad situation. He's gonna get. I the feel ball. really bad for anybody that's on the Jets. Yeah. Um, Adam Gates is a horrible coach. He was horrible in Miami. That dude is horrible in New York. Um, the thing is, though, I don't know who the Broncos' quarterback is. Is it that that Driscoll? Uh, Brett Rippin. What? Brett Rippin. Oh, yeah. so the kid, the kid from Boise State. Yeah. Where's this game? Is it in New York? Well, I should it's say in, New Jersey. It's in New York. It's in New York. In New Jersey. All right. Um, I'm gonna go Jets. I'm gonna go Jets to get off the snide. Do they own three? And they, and the Broncos starting a guy. He's probably never taking the snap in the NFL. I'm gonna go Jets this game. Okay. Um. So as you said, Sam Darnold and anybody who's on the active and practice roster for the Jets are in a really bad situation right now. Um. Adam Gates, I, I don't I don't even know what the hell to say about that dude. He's not he proved that he wasn't any good. Somehow he got another job. So I, I wish I could Manning sign him. That's I wish like. I could be awful at something and then get another job doing the exact same thing. Right. Like right afterwards, by the way. Not after time, not after spending some time on TV and you change up your image. No, go right back and get another job. High profile job, by the way. Any job in New York is a high-profile job. Um, with all of, all those things said, the Broncos have a really good run defense. Uh, they stink in the pass defense. Um, I think Greg Williams is going to tune up the young kid. Uh, he's probably going to put some stuff together to, to really bother him. The one thing I do know about Greg Williams, he is pretty aggressive on defense. Yeah. Um. And even though Sam Darnold threw three picks last week, I think I'm gonna go with the Jets as okay. well. Um, I think I think it's just sitting better for them than it is the Broncos. The Broncos are terrible too. Uh, they're both 0 three, uh, but the Broncos are hurt a little bit more. Uh, again, you got this young kid that's a quarterback. I don't know that he's ready. He could come out tomorrow and throw for 400 yards, for all I know. But I just I'm I'm gonna go with the Jets. All right. So the next game we have is the COVID Bowl with the uh, Steelers and the Titans. So we don't even know if this game's even gonna be played, but Supposedly I guess 
this they, they, they pushed they it back to like yeah they pushed it back to Monday or Tuesday. Um, I'm going Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been pulling out games. Big Ben is back. I hate saying I can't. I hate even predicting them to win. I can't believe they even came out of my mouth because that's another team I I hate. I despise. Well, listen, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hate everything. I mean, I really, 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 really hate. Them. Listen, I I agree, but I'm going with Pittsburgh um, over Tennessee in this game. You know, I am in one thousand percent agreement with your issues with. Uh, Pittsburgh, I, I can't stand Pittsburgh. I hate the Steelers. Um, and where I said I hate Dallas as a, uh, as a team and not the city, I actually hate going into Pittsburgh. I hate it. However, Pittsburgh's going to win this game. I have them picked as well. Uh, stupid Ben Roethlisberger is back. He's actually been playing pretty good, and that's not a surprise. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, and I've been playing lights out. Yeah, I, I think so. that defense is playing. And they're playing aggressive, man, like super aggressive. So that defense is playing nasty right now. Uh, they're holding teams to less than like three yards of carry or, or something like that. I right. don't know who all, the, who all the guys are that they played, who the running backs were, that I would say, whoa. Well, I take that back. Yeah, I do. Uh, one of them being um, um, in New York. Saquon. Uh, Saquon. Saquon, yeah. Like, I think the dude had 30 yards. I, no, I think he was almost negative. I don't think he even had that many. Like, it was crazy. It was really bad. So their 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 defense really line, although the, the Giants are are absolute trash. So, uh, but nonetheless, but you, but, but you beat who was on your schedule. Yeah, yeah. You know? So hey, nonetheless, they they made the guy look very very human, and I think Saquon is beyond human. Uh, but I think that, uh, also <laughs> I can't leave. I'm this not a Saquon Barkley fan at all. I think he's another guy that's overrated as hell. Uh, no, no. Yeah, he uh, is. He's, he was overrated at Penn State. He overrated in the NFL. No. Yep. I just can't stay healthy. Listen, he can't now not staying healthy and being overrated is two different things. Well, that's part of it. You, you can't you can't be a superstar if you're not on the field. You, you need to be on the field. However, being hurt and not being good are two different things, bro. Anytime Saquon goes up against a top defense, he gets shut down. When he was at Penn State and they played Ohio State. Listen, or Michigan State, any team with a good defense, do you understand that there's got nothing shut else. down? You do understand there's nothing else on that damn team, right? So we can load up against you because we're better defensively than your stupid offense. This damn quarterback is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones stinks, and he stunk before he got there, and well, they look, knew he stunk, and they ain't do I'm nothing. I'm glad. I'm glad that we did not draft Saquon Barkley. But that's listen, I story. wish we would have drafted Saquon. Nah, no, that ain't nothing against. That ain't nothing again. The only reason I can say that, all right, we good without him is because we ended up with Nick Chubb. That was a great call. I wouldn't have done that. However, I'm not going to dog Saquon. I think Saquon. Nick Chubb. I said Nick Saquon Chubb. Should have been Nick Chubb is better than Saquon. I mean, right now, yeah. And he damn sure got a better offensive line than Saquon. Now, Saquon, a couple years ago, was running over cats with an awful offensive line. He hasn't had a bad – 
career. He just got hurt last year. But having said that, I, I picked I picked the the Steelers to win that game. All right, battle so, of the three and old uh, teams. All right, so so we're both going with Pittsburgh in that game. All right. right, Bills and Raiders. All right, here's the thing: the Bills do this every year. Start <laughs> off three and old. 4-0 or whatever. Start off hot. And then at some point during the season, they remember that they're the Buffalo Bills and Tragic. they have a free fall. Tragic. Every year. And they, they, they made the playoffs last year. They kind of backed into the playoffs last year. Yep. Um, Josh Allen, to me, another guy's overrated. Um, he is making plays, but he's like super inaccurate. I don't trust him at all. Um, but they're going up against the Raiders. The Raiders are maybe the most Jekyll and Hyde team in the NFL. You don't know what Raider team is going to show up from week to week. So this is a tough one, man. Um, Bills are kind of just riding high right now. It's in Vegas, though. Remember that. It's in Vegas. Yeah, but it's, but it's no fans. It's no fans. It could be the travel that takes them up, dog. You never know. Yeah, but but they but they they're in a comfortable confines. What they call it, the Death Star, up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. In the comfortable confines of the Death Star. I'm going Buffalo. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm going Buffalo this game. Uh, so Devin Singletary looks pretty impressive to me. Uh, they're running back for Buffalo. He's he's gotten off. Had almost a hundred yards in both. Both of the games they played, or in the last two games they played, I'm sorry. Um, Josh Allen actually looks like a quarterback. Like they're going to him a lot more now than they were, I think, even last year. He actually it was only a like matter of time. A competent quarterback. Yeah, you know it was only a matter of time. I mean, you know, so exactly it's only a matter of time for him to be where they figure him out. But you know what? I agree with that too. So, I mean, he's a young guy. So you just got to figure out what his tendencies are. But he's got a huge right. arm, and he's played well the Duh. last couple weeks. Um, also, as I said about the Titans, who still have Ryan Tannehill, and I don't trust that dude. <laughs> I think with the Raiders, they still have Derek Carr, who I don't know that the Raiders are so inconsistent. I think Derek Carr is the inconsistency. I think I agree. he's the guy that kind of changes that dynamic. Like, he'll go out for two games and really look awesome. That make you say, like, oh, he might have figured it out. And then he'll have a three-game stretch, and you're like, this dude stinks. And trust me, I spent a lot of time in Vegas over the last uh, two years, so I watched a lot of Raiders games. And that's the effect that he gave to a lot of people that were sitting around me at bars. <laughs> and in regular conversations with the supposed uh, Raider Nation fans that were in Vegas, they kind of aren't right. sure about Derek Carr, and neither am I. So we're on the same page again. I'm going with the Bills. Going Buffalo. This one out uh, in that game. All right. In the other game, we have Eagles-Niners. Now, the Niners have been decimated with injuries. They managed to beat the Giants, which really speaks to how bad the Giants are. I mean, because the, 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 the Niners came in 
with probably about like five healthy players. <laughs> and they beat the hell out of the Giants. And they went both ways. They beat the hell out of them. Yeah, they, they beat the hell out of them. Now, granted, you know, the Giants had injuries too, but with the amount of injuries that the 49ers had, and it was in New York, yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, there's no way with the Giants play. It's no, no way, way they should have went in there and, and won that game. Okay. Right, exactly. So now the Eagles are interesting, man. Carson Wentz. I don't know what happened to him. I, he hasn't really been the same since Nick Foles took his place and won that Super Bowl. He hadn't been the same guy. His first two years in the league, he was cocky, throwing the ball over the field, super athletic, running the ball, doing everything he needed to do to make the Eagles win. Hasn't been that guy. Um, I'm going to go, but they're due for a win. They went 0-3. No, 1-2. 0-2 and 1. They went into, oh, yeah, right. They tied with the Bengals. Well, that's embarrassing at that. You tied with Cincy at home. But I'm going to go Eagles. Okay. Because um, I don't think that the, the 49ers, two weeks in a row, can overcome all those injuries. So I'm going I'm going Philly with this one. Well, kind of echo your, your, your first or one of your main points, which is the injuries. Both sides have a lot of injuries. Both teams are – uh, you know, been hit up, and the NFL in general has been hit up with some some huge, uh, some huge injury issues. Um, but last week, Nick Mullins, uh, Nick Mullins actually looked like a starting quarterback. Now I don't know if that was who they were playing, and you know, yeah, or not. But he did look like he could, you know, be a guy that could be counted on, you know, going into especially a game like this. Uh right. Where he played in for Garoppolo before. And he uh, stepped yeah, in yeah, and yeah. played pretty well. But you know what? Those are, again, those are one of those teams or one of those situations where you like, all right, that was a couple games, you guys were rolling and they had everything else around him. So he was just a kind of a fill in. Now this dude is a fill in with a whole bunch of other fill ins and he still looked you know, right. pretty solid. So I, I judge that one a little right. bit differently. Okay. Um, however, however, um, he has to do it again. He has to do it, you know, on Sunday night where there's no other games going on. And sometimes, oh, you know, the lights. It's a Sunday night game? Yeah, it's a Sunday night game. So the lights kind of change up how how that happens or how you look or, you know, why that happens. That's Awful Sunday. That's that gonna be awful. Terrible. Listen, think about this. Think about this. Though. You got two on three teams playing on Thursday night, and then on Sunday night you have you know the Eagles and the Niners who uh, are probably going to put uh, a helmet on the valet guy outside right. of, of uh, the stadium. So, with with a lot of that said, I, I still have on the Eagles side. I got. I got a shit ton of questions about Carson Wentz, bro. Uh, I, I don't know what happened to the dude either. I don't know. It seems like he can't make the regular throws consistently anymore. So I don't know if it's injuries. Have what are the knocks on him coming out of college was injuries and accuracy. Those are kind of his... And that's where we're at with him right now. He's not accurate, and he's been injured. So maybe they're starting now. 
you're starting to hit that right. that crossroads also, line where you know, the, 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 you know inaccuracies come together. Right. There, there's been some questions about his leadership too. Um, so, like yeah, there's sure. rumblings sure. about some players not really liking him. Yeah. Um, in a locker room. So you know, yeah. but hey, but I'm still going Eagles. I'm going Eagles this game. I'm a, I'm going 49ers actually. I'm gonna go Niners in this one. Um, okay. Because I think that uh, Mullins at quarterback might be apparently might be something a little more consistent than what we're getting out of wins. So I'm gonna right. go. I'm gonna go Niners uh, in that game. All right, and then finally, the only game that matters in the NFL in the universe, uh, the Cleveland Browns versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I don't feel good about going into this game just for the simple fact that Dallas has their backs against the wall. They're going to be desperate. It's on the road. We historically. Just don't play well against the Cowboys. The last, when was the last time we beat the Cowboys, man? Was it uh I think it was in the nineties. Yeah, I want to say like early nineties or late the Bernie Kozar days, man. No, the last time we beat them was with no, Vinny Testaverde. We have Vinny, yeah. We have Vinny. It was a Saturday game. We went on the road and knocked them off. Troy Aikman and and Emmitt Smith. Yeah, we have Vinny. And we maybe have beat them, but you know what? Because after that, we left, moved to Baltimore after that the next year. And since we've been back, I don't think we've beaten them. The last game I remember us playing the, the, the Cowboys since we've been back was when we had Braylon and K2, and we got Shellac. No, but just recently, maybe it just we had uh, Colt. McC I think Colt McCoy is a starting quarterback. Maybe. Now listen, I probably blacked out on one of those. Two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but that I know Dak was the quarterback. He was a rookie. So Dak Zeke and them came in town and they beat the hell out of us. I probably I probably blacked out at that game. Yeah. So yeah, we don't historically. Now I don't know about back in the day. I think back in the day we used to go toe to toe with them. But recently in the modern era. We haven't played that well against the Cowboys. And this situation said their backs are against the wall. So I'm going to have to go Cowboy. I think it's going to be like a 31-23 uh, type game. We kind of hang around, maybe have a chance to win the game, and then somebody will do something stupid on defense or they'll get a, a lucky call or something like that that turns the tide of the game. So I'm going to have to pick against my team and go with the hated America's bandwagon. Okay. And I honestly have to say that what, you know, your assessment makes a lot of sense. Uh, this is an opportunity, though, for not just Baker, but this is a huge opportunity for uh, Kevin Stefanski to come up with a way to beat this team. Uh, our defense has not been playing great. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys offensively are a better team than we are offensively because they've done it for a longer uh, period of time. They have a familiarity with each other. They understand where they're supposed to be, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, so this is a huge opportunity for the team to get a win that ain't supposed to happen in, in most cases. Baker does have to be bigger. He has to play better. Nick Chubb is going to have to be a freaking tank, which he already is, but he's going to have to really – we're probably going to need about 130 yards on this guy. I don't know if he's going to get that because of the way that they're splitting. And Dallas is actually pretty good against the run. But we're going to need that type of effort. Um, saying all those things, I'm going to put my hat in the ring with my boys. I think okay. we're going to come out. I think we're going to pull this thing out. I'm calling a, a, a 30 to 28, a 30 to 28 game. Okay. For the Browns. And I hope you're right. Now, if we, if we win this game, I'm getting the biggest stake in the world in, in honor of Texas. You know, Texas, let their beef. And I'm throwing that boy on no. the grill. It, it, it'd be about, what, <laughs> 4 or 5 o'clock. And I'll be celebrating with a steak and a brew. You got to go get a tomahawk, homie. You got to go and get you a big tomahawk yeah. steak, bro. Yeah, exactly. Because I'll be on cloud now. We, we go down there and we beat the Cowboys. Because one of my best friends, Corey Hill, he's really the oh, one yeah. that made me hate the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Corey, Corey. Corey, Corey Hill, if you watch this podcast, you are the reason why I hate the Cowboys. Corey is right. I'm talking about Danny White and Tony Dorsett and let me and, tell you something. Tony Hill. I don't know I can't stand if him. there's if there's one other person that could be a bigger jerk than myself or Sean. It's Corey Hill. It's Corey. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, exactly. we were kids. Look, this dude was a jerk as a kid. Right. And I don't mean just a guy that you don't like. I don't mean just a guy that was kind of difficult to get along. He was a jerk. And we don't mean jerk in a negative, not, not in a bad way. No. That, that, that's my boy. No, no, my no, brother. No, no. I love no, him. No, no, we love Corey. We love Corey. Right. However, we have apparently been born in a brotherhood of jerkdom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corey, if you're watching this, I don't want to hear your crap. And don't you go on my Facebook page unless the Browns win. Right, exactly. Uh, and All I, right, and man. I, I'm so, the same way. Other than Corey, I got a bunch of people that are from Dallas or that love the stupid Cowboys. So I got to hear that. I got a who's from Pennsylvania, and his favorite team is the Cowboys. I said, "What's wrong with you, man?" Right, that ugly ass star. Man, so I'm gonna call the star. But it's not. It's not even the stars of pentagram. It's a sign of Satan. It's a <laughs> side of that. <laughs> side of that helmet. I can't stand I hate them. them. I hate them, and I hope that we can figure out a way that – I think we can. We almost have to play perfect on defense, so. Got and to. That's going to be the problem. So, But I still, I'm still going to roll with the, with, with the boys. All right. So, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Now, before we sign off, a quick note about the Indians game. It started late. They just started. Um, there's some type of weather delay. Um, I didn't hear it raining outside, but I guess – Maybe because of the and rain. I knew that was going to happen. Maybe a little rain, a little wind. They just started. We're in the first inning. And so far, uh, was one out in the top of the first. So, Cookie's starting off. Okay. okay but so, now Aaron Judge is at the plate. So. It's super, super early. Super but early. I kind of expected the rain only because I watched uh, I watched the Minnesota game earlier. And it was raining there. 
and it was windy when I was watching the Cubs game. Okay. So it was okay. windy in Minnesota. Yeah. It was windy yeah, in Chicago. It was windy and raining in Minnesota. It was windy in Chicago. And they were expecting rain. And I was like, oh, yeah, we got about two hours. I don't know what that's going to look like. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, go try. I'm all in. Let's go try. try. Let's go. Let's go. So when we meet on Sunday, hopefully we're talking about the Indians in the next round of the playoffs. Uh, definitely going to recap all of the all of the NFL and the, and the NBA finals. Uh, thank you, guys, whoever you are, however you are. Uh, if you guys want to contact us, you can. Uh, we have uh, our website. I also have uh, the email, the two guys and a mic, uh, 216 at gmail.com. So if you guys want to contact us, tell us some things that you would like to hear on the show or tell us how you want to uh, – you know, uh, things to change a little bit different or us to speak about some things that you guys might be a little more interested in. And hopefully at some point, maybe we can have uh, some guests come in because we know a lot of people who love to talk crap about sports. We, hey, listen, um, I got a list know? of guys. I'm sure you got a list of guys. We could probably go on and on and on. Right. So, again, contact us. Get at us. Let us know how you like things. Let us know how you don't like things. I'm fine either way. Um, again, we appreciate you guys. Sean, love you. Appreciate you too, homie. Love you too, bro. Uh, and let's go watch some sports, man. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Peace we'll out. Love you. You've just listened to two guys in the mic with Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.